You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This is season two, episode number two. Fight like a title holder, stand like a champion, live like a warrior, and never let them break you down. Fight like a title holder. Derek, Steve, and I have guests on the show today, Benjamin Wheeler and his friend Daniel. Our guest, Benjamin, lives in Australia and is an advocate. Derek, Steve, and I attend the same church periodically, and when we tell Benjamin about it, the name of the church, who it's affiliated with, uh, so Benjamin is a atheist church protester, but not for the most obvious reasons you may think. <laughs> Sparks are going to fly. You're going to love this episode. Sorry. No, 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 we're going. I was protesting at a church three weeks ago, and <laughs> the motherfucking guy was like, "Can I pray for you?" Like he had the long conversation. It was really nice. He was engaged, and at the end, he's like, "Can I pray for you?" And I'm like, "Oh, are you fucking <laughs> asking me that fucking question?" You know? I was like, what was the protest about? Um, Willow, Willow Creek, the, the Willow Creek. Oh, okay. Creek leadership yeah, this is the other day, then, right? No, this is like three weeks ago. Oh, really? At a host site in Australia. Oh, okay. Where the senior pastor later told me the most fucking unbelievable thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like, can I pray for you? And I'm like, you know, I just I don't really feel super comfortable with you like praying for me in my presence. But, you know, if you want to go away and pray for me, that's fine. <laughs> and afterwards I thought, oh, I fucked that up. I should have just been like, okay, as long as I can pray for you afterwards. Right. You know? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That would have been much more fun. Yeah. And then he probably would have been like, no, actually. <laughs> that would be a good comeback. Though. Didn't Jesus say something about going to a quiet place? Oh, whatever. Like, Let's go get a closet to, or something you like that. Pray to the Jesus or whoever. I'll pray to the place. We're getting much in the IPU. And that'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> That's IPU. Invisible pink unicorn. Oh. <laughs> You're not so, a flying spaghetti monster person. Huh? Yeah, I'm a Pastafarian, but, but I kind of believe that the IPU and the FSM are like kind of the holy binity or something. Okay. Okay. There's yeah. a there's a trinity. There's a binity. Binity. Well, it's like two. two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so a subtle joke, Russ. Yeah, I got it. it took a minute. I had to. <laughs> buy, yeah. Okay. Russ is gonna do his radio voice. Yes. Go. So welcome. Uh, Benjamin Wheeler to the Punk Theology Podcast and Daniel Daniel is another guest that we have on so you were explain the monkfish thing to me because you were because <laughs> oh, sure. both of you guys are really interesting um, I'll explain how I met 
Daniel, I know you a little later. We'll talk about that later. But I'm really curious about, the, about what you because the only thing I know about a monkfish is at the Pike Place Market. Hmm. It came exactly from that. I didn't name it. Market, you will see the monkfish. If you get I didn't close name enough. it. But ten years ago, when I met Benjamin, we were both somewhat involved in a experimental post-church community that met in someone's home and um, we processed um, faith and doubt and things in that <laughs> right? context. Kind of doing life together. Just not on the. Don't fucking say that. That sounds Sorry. awful. That sounds <laughs> yeah, that really cringe. That sounds We were having a season, you know, like a season of doing life together. It was just so that sounds special. churchy a little bit. Oh my god. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that really made me cringe, too. It really did. Um, there you go. Uh, do you have anything more to say about <laughs> So, what were you guys doing then? I mean, is this a, yeah, what's a your party? What was your. Yeah. What's your preferred cliche of what you're doing? Yeah, there you go. Probably just like wanking, probably. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking wanking. Like it was like a big group wanks. Sorry. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. If Rochelle Chapman is listening to this, I'm so sorry. It was really amazing. I didn't mean any of it. It's okay. So. We've been accused of being a circle jerk. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Similar but more intimate. <laughs> Rochelle, who at the time branded herself an abbess of a neo monastic community, um, graciously invited people, strangers from the internet, into her home to cook food for them and mm. um, blessed the food and we chatted about whatever, about our lives, about um, what we were going through and what we thought and sometimes we would make art or um, what else did we do? I barely remember, really. It's yeah. been so long. Plus, I don't think I was, like I said before, mm. I don't think I was actually in that community. Not too no. much. I think I came like three times. I see. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but you made an impulse. Oh, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> Still That's right. My, my friend Benjamin <laughs> is one of the only people well, I've, I've yeah, it's deeply crazy. held on to. Because it's like, this yeah, he came, Daniel came to Australia and visited me. Uh-huh. So that was crazy. And we have another. I have another friend who I met in that community who I'm still close to. So, even though I only ever went three times, so. Well, so that was a post-Christian <laughs> yeah. community. It was a community gathering of well, couldn't even say like-minded people. We couldn't really say like-minded no. because I think we were all sort of processing um, what I, I think most of us were somewhere on the spectrum between Christian and former Christian. Right. And that perhaps is a very wide spectrum. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, Benjamin, you... So you were in a you were in a documentary film. Oh fuck! Everyone asked me about this. I know, but it's super interesting. So How many you, times have you been asked about this? Like three. Yeah. Oh really? Three. <laughs> Four is too. But it's. I think it's interesting what you did. So you you were in a charity that counted cards. A, ch- a charity? Was it a charity organization? No, it was a business. <laughs> it was a business. I yeah, thought you were like, like, like raising like money for some million dollars over four years or something. So. 
Why not? That's a yeah. big, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah, and a guy named Ben Crawford made like a shitload of money. So yeah. All right. Yeah. And you, uh, there were some Mars Hill guys involved with that, or. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, look, I, again, was I was, I was like hanging out on the fringes of that community as well. So I mean, right, I right. so I didn't. You just really went know like them. three times. <laughs> no, I was like doing that for forty years, like, oh, wow. like working as a card counter for this big black professional blackjack card counting team. All right, um, kind of like the movie Twenty One. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were the biggest team in the country at that point. So, no and, and everybody on that team was a Christian except for me. Wow. So I was just like on the fringes of that, but I was like reasonably good at it. So they like having me in the team. And, right. Sounds yeah. like a Christian thing to know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're actually good at this? You can be part of the club, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, it was fun and it was super depressing. And then I got, and then they accused me of like the Holy Spirit revealed to a fellow that I'd re- stolen tens of thousands of dollars from the team. Oh, of course and, you did. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I you wish I had. one over on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, I wish I had stolen <laughs> I'd be further ahead now, maybe. I don't know, but I didn't. But anyway, I wished I had afterwards, but there it is. So. And then I, and then I mean, I was super depressed and I hated it anyway. So like, I kind of like quit slash got fired. So there you go. All right. Yeah. But that's, that's a different kind of story. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> but watch the documentary, like, right? Holy Rollers, the true story of card-counting Christians. Cool. And one non-Christian. Are you but that's not in the title, though, but yeah. Right, right. Are you yeah. in that movie? What? Are you in the movie? I'm in the movie. There I am. Yeah, there's, like, I the whole storyline about, like, Brad Curra from Mars Hill. Uh, God bless him. Uh, he, the Holy Spirit revealed to him that I had sold tens of thousands of dollars from the team. And then that was sort of the beginning of the end for me on that team. And uh, But he, it's great in the documentary because he's got, like, these beady eyes. He looks. Like, he's like the Holy Spirit revealed it to me with these beady eyes. It's really amazing. He looks really stupid. And then, <laughs> and then at so the end, there, then the there's this little paragraph in, the, in this documentary that's like Benjamin Eddy declined to be interviewed, and that's like one of the best things I ever fucking did. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was that was church theme. So that's that's uh, spiritual abuse. This is a this has been a theme in your your, your life too. Yeah, to use spiritual that word. abuse. I mean, it's just spiritual abuse has, yeah. Okay, it totally happens, but I'm mean, I don't know if that amounted to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you meet your wife? That was an interesting story too. You told that story. Oh, <laughs> that. oh shit! I mean, my lovely wife. Um. <laughs> If you could share that story, I mean, I'm okay. Not so I was part of a missionary organization. Oh, just so you grew that. up Christian. Yeah, I grew up in a thing called IFB, Independent Fundamentalist Baptist. Oh wow! So that's that a whole network weird. of churches. I don't know if you've heard of that in <laughs> yeah. the U.S. Yeah. You know, so they. I mean, that's basically like Bob Jones University. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Liberty University. Have a lot of people go to there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I grew up in that church, and. Uh, and then I, then God spoke to me. <laughs> oh, shit. In my framework at that time, I believe that God spoke to me and told me to go join this missionary ship, Lagos 2. So I did. Off I went. After, like, spending a year and a half convincing my... The funny thing is, like, Lagos 2 and Operation Mobilization, which is a massive worldwide Christian missions organization, um, like, bigger than YWAM, if, you know, for American listeners, not as well known in the U.S. Um, they're, like... In the whole scheme of things, they're super conservative, like super, like they, I mean, like, for instance, they, like, 
probably mostly think that like Roman Catholics are like not Christians, like that sort of level because they're too like, which is so weird. (laughs) Um, Right. So, but from where I was coming from, they were super liberal. Right. Uh, So to my church leadership was like, you can't go join that mission organization because they don't believe the right things. Like they're like, they, they believe these super liberal, crazy things. Right. Like they use some version of the Bible other than the King James version. Oh my God. Like some version from Satan. So, so I spent like a year and a half convincing my church leadership, like, let me go to this thing because God told me to go. And finally, they just had to give in because I just kept pounding at them. Right, you know? right. Where'd you, and, God's a bigger you? authority than you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I, they knew they knew what was going to happen, I think. And what they knew was going to happen did happen was that I was never going to fit back inside their box right. at the end. And they were bummed. I think the pastor at the church I grew up in was kind of thinking that I would maybe become the like the pastor of the church after he retired or some shit like that, right? So, And then when this whole thing came down, it's like, well, if he goes off to join this missionary ship and gets his eyes opened up a little bit, there's no fucking way he's ever coming back. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want it to happen, but it happened. So there it was. And I met Megan, my wife there. Where'd and, you go? Well, I was on the ship, living on the ship for two years. So we were in Caribbean, Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, West Africa, Italy, and Croatia and Turkey. I did some mission work too, not... I'm so sorry. Actually, I, I love my mission work, uh, but not for the same reasons that most of the people are supposed to live. I mean, the the I went to India for two months, so fairly short term, but I worked on a on an orphanage there. Yeah, uh, and that was a great trip because it was fucking terrible. <laughs> totally, yeah, hundred fucking percent down that. Yeah. Uh, India's India was rough. We were in a small city in India, and it had two million people in it. Yeah, uh, there's just and I'm yeah. introverted and a little claustrophobic. And yeah, shit. It was <laughs> <laughs> India was the wrong choice. I'm yeah, for you, uh, yeah. but you know, great from a uh, from a being able to appreciate what I had type of standpoint and getting other perspectives of what's important and and. Yeah, and, totally. And I kind of figured out what I wanted to do with my life with that. Which was what? I'm a civil engineer, and I work mostly oh, with water. That's so cool. That's so. so cool. A civil engineer, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I have a really fun job. Yeah. But, uh, and then I was in, for three months, I was in Egypt with a really cool organization called Frontier, who is Christian, but they're just very... Um, well, maybe not. The organization might, it depends on which. There's a couple different versions of that. Okay. Um, the, I won't say necessarily the organization was cool, but the people I was with on the organization were very cool. Okay, yeah. In terms of. That's a totally different thing that you just yeah, said. So. They, uh, and they worked exclusively with Muslims uh, and. Uh, Trying to convert them. But they didn't even. They realized what most missionaries realize. Eventually, which is Muslims don't get converted. They just don't. Uh, the numbers are so laughably small yeah, that it's not worth the effort. So so they... So what do they tell the people? <laughs> That's the problem, right? Yeah, exactly. The problem is not what to do in your own context. The problem is what to what do, do with, with the white evangelical people who are your funding. But yeah, if you're right. paying yeah. your bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of that that skit from uh, South Park where what was it they they go 
they go to the Africa or something like that. It's like Bibles, you know, and then food, and they're like Bibles equal food. Bibles, yes. Yeah, rice <laughs> Christians. Yeah, rice. rice Christians are a real thing. Well, there was yeah. the uh, Des- I think it's Desmond Tutu who said um, that when when the white man came into Africa. They had the Bible and we had the land, and then they told us to close their eyes and close our eyes and pray. And when we opened our eyes, they had the land and we had the Bible. <laughs> That's right. Oh man! Right. Right. Uh, Terranullius, right? You guys know about? I'm not familiar with. What was that? Terranullius, Terranullus. That's. I mean, that was the official position of the church, right? Like, if if you show up somewhere and there are like no human Christians there, hmm. then the land is empty and you can claim it. So, wow. which is why we got Aboriginal genocide. And, Native American. Yeah, you're not hearing that in Sunday school. Manifest Destiny. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's awesome. (laughs) No, me. I think we we have the next side. I'd rock that I'm going to totally fucking put that on a sign just for you, bro. And I'm going to take a photo in front of Bell Press Church next Sunday. And I'm going to say, this is courtesy of Russ. Oh, there you go. Um, so, so, so you met your wife on the on the boat. Yeah, and then we got kicked out. So. And you guys got kicked out. Yeah. So like, yeah, like that's that's really interesting. I love that story. But the funny thing is, there's like this little group of people who got kicked out of OM and off of Lagos too, and we're like really still good friends with all of them. So but, it's whoa, like this really that? special elite club. Like we got kicked off Lagos too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Why did you get kicked off? That's something a complicated question. I think the really simple answer is that the leadership was absolutely convinced we were having premarital sex, which we weren't, but we weren't, but I can understand why they thought that. Right. Yeah, so that's kind of the simple so answer. So you, 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 you get accused of a lot of things. You have a history of, yeah. The Holy Spirit revealed to them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> When we don't, and that seems to be a thing, right? When we don't know what box to put you in, yeah. we just got to accuse you of some shit just to remove you from the thing, yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. That's the thing with systems and institutions is eventually, if you threaten the, the system or institution, it's no longer about people. It's about keeping that, that institution alive and safe and, yeah. and protected. Yeah. And I was reading an article, social psychology has a lot to say about that. Like, people don't even know, realize they're doing it. Like, a lot of times it's subconscious. They're just, like, this thing is my identity, and you're threatening that thing, yeah, no. so you've got to go. That's we'll even just, make some shit up. That's right? my whole life. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, I just threat pastors after pastor after Christian organization terrified of me. Wow. Yeah. So, so just because of the questions you asked, or what do you yeah, think probably, was the rub? Yeah. yeah, I just, maybe I have Asperger's or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like I, just I think never, you're smart. I just never fit in, you know. Like, yeah, I, yeah the questions, right? Like, I mean, in the, the IFB church I grew up in, there was a range of acceptable answers, and yeah. like you just didn't go outside that. And I, and I was like, but what about this? What about that? Like, we don't really say those questions here, so just be quiet. Right. And I was like, but you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. When, when it's not safe to ask ask questions. Yeah. So I tell a lot of Christians, like, go ahead and be a Christian, but if you go to a place and you're not allowed to ask certain questions, yeah. I would run the fuck out of there because they, you know, their God is really small, you know, or, or something. They can't, they can't yeah. just deal with questions. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously the IFB churches are uber that way, you know? So. Oh. I mean, if you think of right, the, all the bullshit with the Southern Baptist recently, I'm sure you guys have followed that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, so IFB is like split off 
from Baptist because we were like the Southern Baptist or being liberal for us. Right. So that's where I grew wow. up. So. Wow. Yeah. 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 There's that's, a... <laughs> that's, like saying, that's like saying ISIS is a little bit too... Yeah, progressive. Yeah, right. Like, way too nice to their women. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, that's, just, that's where I grew up. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk a lot about in this group about certainty mm. and how the product that a lot of well, as I see it, a lot in America, a lot of the American church is certainty, and that uh, if you really want people in their thirties, forties, and fifties to pay you to do church, to pay the pastors to do church, you have to tell them like the things you're amassing are things you deserve and and that uh, and that it's okay to protect them and God's given them to you, they're your blessings and and that's absolutely true. And anything that comes in that rocks out a little bit and messes with their product um, gets kicked out. So and and it, it and You'll recognize it, and we even talk about it as certainty addiction. Yeah. So there's a stereotype of a male in his 50s where you start talking to him about things that are even borderline heresy, and he gets red in the face, and he starts hyperventilating, and his veins pop out, and he's having a physical reaction to an idea. He's have, like it's an, a, like an addiction. Like something chemically is happening in his brain that's so strong. That it is hard as like he looks like he's gonna have a fucking heart attack <laughs> right. because you asked a question Has and this... you're triggering something beyond idealistic. Has that actually happened to you? Like, have oh you yeah. Seen... yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like a guy getting you... completely freaked out. Yeah, that happens a lot. Right? <laughs> like, have you guys seen that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's never happened to you. So check this out. So the last church I ever was a member of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grace, Grace Seattle on Capitol Hill. The pastor still is John Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was a member there, and I used to. I would imagine Grace Seattle on Capitol Hill would be a pretty liberal church. <laughs> or should be? Or, I don't know. Or it, was weird. it was a weird experience for me because like you walk around on Capitol Hill and like there's people like with tattoos and and weird body piercings and shit. And you go in, like back, this was a long time ago now, obviously, because I've been lived in Australia for 10 years or nine years or whatever. But then you walk into the great Seattle service and it was like white middle class business people. So that was special. Um, But anyway, the last Sunday I was like ever there. So I used to fill out these comment cards, you know, that they put like, (laughs) you know, questions and prayer requests, right? And I just like grabbed one of those at the beginning of service. And I was like mostly transitioned into atheism already. So maybe it wasn't the best thing to do, but... I used to just like put my questions and comments because that's what it said at the top, right? Like, you know, right. oh, what about this, you know? And and then their leadership team would take all those comment cards and like on Tuesday or whatever, they'd go through them and talk about them and stuff. And John Harrelson didn't much appreciate some of the things I was saying. So he was like, you know, if you have problems and questions and so forth, you should come to me. Don't put them on the comment cards. He had said that to me previously and, right. I, and then I did it again. And so he came out. This was amazing. Why do you want me to come to you? <laughs> Not write something on the comic. <laughs> anyway, he, so he came out. People are reading these. He came out into the foyer, and he was like in the Marine Corps or some shit. He was like, right, oh, so uh. this kind of big scary guy. And he um, came out into the foyer. This was the last Sunday I was there, and I was hanging around. And there was the box with the comic cards, and there was mine on the top. And he went over and picked it up, 
and looked at it and saw, and he came over and stood with his nose about like an inch and a half from my nose, <laughs> you know, right there. And he was angry. Right. And he was like, I asked you not to do this, you know. And right there, running running his product, man. And I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, what's happening right now? You know? <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Maybe he's gonna hit me. Shit. Don't <laughs> don't fuck with the yeah, deer supplies. Yeah, yeah, that's rule number one. Don't fuck with the supply. Yeah, so Do not yeah. threaten that shit. Yeah, that yeah. is yeah. what gets people. So, so I have had that experience. Yeah, yeah. 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 But now I just surround myself with people who are just never gonna do that. So I don't have that experience anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you from. Uh, like we've had most of our conversations on Facebook. I think over the the last yeah. few years, we yeah. we track a lot. Yeah. On uh, stuff that's going on on. You know, with the church, and, and we're all it's, you know poking the bear or the comment section. Yeah. You know, instead of putting car. That's the thing about the internet, though, right? Yeah. Like today, yeah. it's a lot harder for these guys to hide or, or to yeah. to even skirt the, or curtain the fact that they have a product, right? Because they're trying to, to like, hold on to an illusion of certainty is pretty difficult when there's a million voices that yeah. have different perspectives. Right? Yeah, exactly. When and podcasts. they have to use the internet, you're right, to sell their product. But then there's so much freedom on the internet for people to sweep in and call bullshit. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so you actually have to engage in the uh, the realm of ideas, the arena of ideas. They're trying to create something that requires a huge amount of control on a yeah. medium that has almost no control. Yeah. Where I experienced I've got this. blocked from so many people. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, what you do? Yeah. Something to, to yeah. wrangle together some I keep control. like a badge. I like I stick like a badge up on my virtual <laughs> board. Yes, blocked by another. That's what I need. Seventeen. I'm gonna do a star. That would be good. Like, I got kicked out of the. And this one I thought would be. <laughs> this one I thought would be liberal, and I kind of got into Orthodox Christianity. Like I really liked the, the theology of it, but I just asked this question. So I joined a group called. I joined a group called the. Uh, the the uh, hipster orthodox coffee hour right and I thought well this would be yeah. a good place to ask yeah. this question right so I I threw out there I go hey I like your theology I like the way you unpack atonement and stuff like that but I don't get I don't get the pageantry and the robes and what did I say the the creepy dudes in robes and hats like that <laughs> shit creeps me the fuck out like why do you do that why is that so important hmm. and. Uh, and the other, they kicked like me out basically. Oh, that's a bummer because that's such an interesting question. They they, they silenced me, oh. which pissed me off. Mm. You know, because yeah. I just asked this question, and people started responding to it, and then I wasn't allowed to to engage what they were saying because I'd been silenced by a moderator <gasps> or something like that, which was the same as being kicked out for me. Mm-hmm. So I just <laughs> put a star up there for that one. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Level up. It's like a video game, right? Mm-hmm. Level up, you level up, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm curious when you, when you're, you're out in front of a church, such as Sunday, and someone comes to you and it says something, would you? What would the response be if you said, "What would you have us do then?" To hypos, to uh, Chuck Smith. I don't know. To yeah. he's a he's the head of the cavalry. <coughs> I don't know that story. So. Uh, same same, same scenario. Yeah. What would, I'm what sorry. What's the question? You would what would them, you have us do to hypos? What would you? My my question would be. What would you have us do mm. when we know this is going on? 
Yeah, they came out at you and asked that. Yeah, they came out. When we know that Bill Hybels is a sexual predator, is that what you're saying? As are are several other mega pastors that have been in the the vicinity. One was caught in a restroom. I'm not really super excited to address that generally, although my friend Jim Henderson says I have to. <laughs> That's what kind of why I asked that. But specifically, I'm happy to address it specifically, and then you can sort of generalize from that. What do I want? What do I want the Willow Creek Association to do? What do I want Willow Creek Community Church to do? And that's that seems like the, I just want them to do the bloody obvious thing. I want them to. I want them to treat the woman like human beings, which is to say, do an actual independent investigation. It doesn't seem yeah. like a big ask. Right? Yeah. Like, just get somebody that's not fucking connected to you in any way, yeah. who has experience in this area, who has demonstrated previously that they're trustworthy, um, and pay them to fucking investigate the allegations. That's it. And, yeah. and there's one premier person who does that in the whole U.S., and nobody, like, remotely matches him, and that's a guy by the name of Boz Javidian, and, Net- and Grace, Godly Response to Abuse in the Christian Environment, and... Um, and and he's like he's not my friend like he's from fucking Liberty University which is a fucking toxic <laughs> cesspool of bullshit what's his name Boz Chavidian he's the grandson of that's, Billy Graham I that's yeah. who he was yeah. Yeah. And yes. he, but he's proved that he's not going to be cowed by big organizations right. Right. and he's the expert and there's no like in my to my knowledge there's nobody like remotely as excellent in that space so just fucking hire him already oh, and fix right. his shit so sorry yeah I know <laughs> so, no, no. Let that and I would ask, yeah. why would you not do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. you got shit to hide. Because you got shit to hide, yeah. Oh, shit to protect. Mm-hmm. Fucking unbelievable, these... Sorry. No, don't apologize for cursing. Yeah, 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 what the fuck, like Steve Carter and Aunt Heather Larson and all those freaking people. Okay. Um, My name is Steve Carter. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Well, Steve. let me just say Steve Ryan Carter. There we go. Pastor <laughs> yes. of Willow Creek Mini Church. Right? Like, just do the thing that do the obvious thing. Just, like, do the thing. Like, it's yeah. not that hard. It's like, no. just do the fucking thing already. Like, you know, like, and they're like, oh, we're like, sorry for our tone. And I'm like, I don't fucking care about your tone. Just hire the fucking private investigator you, and just do it. And that's like, do you care about people or do you care about the institution? I think that's the big question they're afraid to to ask or really stare at. Well, then, what are they afraid of? Why are they not doing it? Oh, well, I have a job. I have a big salary. Like, yes. Fuck yeah. that. Like, okay, so, like, okay, fine. You know what? I even get it. Like, I get it. Like, I have a job and I have uh-huh. a salary and I, I like it. It's nice, and I would probably do some things to protect that shit, but I'm not a Christian, and I, like, make no claim to follow this crazy fucking guy. So, but you're saying you follow him. Like, imagine Jesus being like, right? Like, like here's Jesus, like, oh, I can't really, like, do the investigation because, you know, I have the job and the institution, like, I gotta fucking protect it. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus never said that shit. Yeah, like, it really no. doesn't sound like the Jesus. Well, yeah, Jesus like, didn't even have anything to protect. I know, right? Like, yeah, exactly. exactly, right? Yeah, Like, yeah. Jesus is all like, let's go hang take out with the guys. prostitutes and the, yes. yeah. and the publicans yeah. or whatever. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with the assholes or, like, uh, the thing people everybody hates, you know? So yeah. and, uh, and my wife and I were having this discussion over the weekend about why is it that we take some scriptures that we like and we run with them, but the scriptures that we don't like... We don't. We well, it comes back we down high. to why do you want to believe what you believe? Yeah. Which is, yeah. That's that's one of the, which is the question you have to ask everybody. 
I tend to think that most of us believe what we want to believe in general, and that is uh, that that is why I'm a pastafarian. Right. Uh, I think that's true, and the and so the question of what do you believe is meaningless. Well, it's not meaningless, but it's a dead end question. It doesn't go anywhere useful ever. Generally, can I just interrupt you? So, so I've been running this campaign, right? To get Willow Creek Global Leadership Summit host sites to like cancel hosting the Global Leadership Summit. Uh-huh. Uh, so in January they had 700 host sites, and then after the allegations came out and they shook out to being like 200 dropped out, and then like a month and a half later I was like, you know, more should drop out. So I, so let's see if we can do that. So I've written to about 1,200 pastors at about 600 uh, churches. Asking them like really respectfully, like you know, could you consider the following things and think about not hosting? All right. Um, what did you? I just they get a so big the, fat check. So the question: What do you want to What do you believe is a dead end question? They all have. So I've been looking at all these church websites, right? Because I have to track well, down. Well, that's the, right. You were sharing track, some of that, right? I have to track believe. down the email address of the senior pastor, and executive pastor, whatever, right? So I'm, I've looked at the websites of 600 churches. Which, if you like, want to get super depressed, you should totally do that, <laughs> and, <laughs> right? And what do they all have? They totally have like front and center. Why we believe? And I'm like, I don't fucking care. But your doctrine of the Bible is. I don't care. Like, why is that on your website? Who fucking cares what you believe? Shut up. Like, (laughs) but the question, why do you believe what you believe, is always an interesting question. Yeah. Especially when you get into, what's the reason (laughs) that you don't want to tell me about that you? So, like, I had. I'm a Christian, yeah. uh, and I go to evangelical church. What church? Uh, oh, <laughs> church. That's, another that's another question. Yeah, and it's at Willow Creek Church. Well, and, and so this is interesting. Are they a host site? I'm sure you that. No, they're not a host site. But I, I had a I had a conversation. Oh, no, 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 wait. What church? <laughs> Allen Creek Community. Allen. Oh, yes. So you familiar? No, I'm going to protest there next Sunday. Oh, <laughs> <for> sure. Because <laughs> they're hosting the fucking field. You know they're hosting the GLS, right? They are? Yeah, they're really Allen Creek up in Mill Creek. Allen, whatever, fucking Mill Creek kind of thing. Uh, no, Marysville. 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 I'm going to come protest your church. <laughs> I was weighing up which church. There's like six churches in the Seattle area that are hosting the Global Leadership Summit. And I oh, did it at Belprez yesterday. So uh-huh. there you go. And I didn't know which, but now. So that doesn't even bother me at all. Of course it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> you should come stand yeah. with me and protest, dude. <laughs> <laughs> But the, I might do that. You do it. The, uh, the leadership there is different, though. Yeah. And, and I talked to Rick about some yeah, of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's only the only reason. Well, that's not true. So there's many reasons to go. So this comes back to why do I go there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the reason I don't want to tell you that I might that might be the reason that I still am a Christian and go to church is it could just be nostalgia. Like it could genuinely just be. I had a pleasant experience in church as a kid, um, and and. Sorry, can I just interrupt you yeah. again? I'm being so rude. No, you don't. No, no. We, I do. So it all the time. you said this, right? <laughs> so you said like 20 minutes ago or whatever. You said I had the experience from hell. Like I almost started crying when you were talking. Uh, like everybody was super fucking shitty to me, and I was totally lonely, six to sixteen, and it was like hell. And, and now, mad. and now, just now, you said. What did you say? I had a good Nostalgia. experience in yeah. church. So was church, that the same time frame? Yes. And church so for me was not the place where my abuse came from. I see. Uh, but what did they do to fix it? Like, how did, why didn't they help? What the fuck? Uh, there was no... Sorry, sorry, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? 
what no. the fuck? No, don't, you don't have to apologize. Sorry. Like, so you were having this hellish experience, <laughs> yeah, and you were in this church, and they didn't do a fucking thing, like, or what? Like, sorry. Oh, my God. I'm a little You're slightly triggered. intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's what we do. That pisses me off. It pisses me off. Sorry. That's that's good. This is about. That's what this is about. Yeah. So So what did they do? What did they do to fix your hell that you were in? Why is that a good nostalgic experience? Yeah. Why? What the fuck? It wasn't because they did anything to fix it. It was because they weren't the ones doing. Because it was a because it was a safe place to go. It was it was a place that I could go. No, it wasn't. Sorry. I'm so sorry. No. So why do you want to believe that it wasn't? Okay. So. God. Because I have this problem with my in-laws. Okay. <laughs> so, oh my God, I like I have to be careful because I can't. All right, I can't talk about certain things because they're confidential, right? But my father-in-law was an Anglican priest for forty years, oh. and when he retired uh, three or four years ago, he was going through this process that I guess people go through where they. Or like, oh, the, what, what was my career, the meaning of my career, and all that shit, right? And, and in the process of that, he was like talking about his experience of his career, and, uh, and it was very positive. It was like I was a priest, and it was all so beautiful and positive and affected people's lives. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, you know, fine, whatever, but there were these, like, these people who were closely connected to the churches you were in who were like going through hell. Uh, at whatever level, like I don't even want to talk about the details, and you didn't do fucking shit to fix it. Like you didn't do fucking shit to fix it, and like they, you were the whole community. Like wh- I don't understand how you can hold those school, things. Like what kind of like they were like, okay, yeah, you know, you go off to school every week, and you're like in fucking hell, and we love you, and it's all nice. But did they do a fucking thing to fix it? No. I don't even think they knew. Like, Why not? Why the fuck didn't they know? They were like paid professionals. Whose job it was to like help people, and how the fuck did they not know? Like, how is that okay for them to not know? That's their. Oh God, that's just. Yeah, I'm gonna that, cry. Like, how the fuck did they not know and fix it? Like, I, like they're like, where the like, right? They're like, where the church? Yeah. Like, wh- like, right? Like, fucking Willow Creek, right? Like, what does it say? Uh, the local church is the hope of the world. Like, fuck you! It is not. Like, here's what the local church is. Oh, come to church on Sunday. Oh, you had hell every day of the fucking week. Oh, come to church on Sunday, you feel better. Fuck you, no. Like, go down to the fucking local school and make us stop fucking bullying the kid. I mean, fuck. I'm sorry. I don't, don't no, mean to talk okay. about your experience. This is the, you don't... Stop apologizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is where you're triggered. This is what we find interesting. How do you do that? A, I don't a know how you do like, that was nostalgic. Well, let me tell you my story. Yeah. It, it has to do with this, this particular church. Yeah. Because when I started going to this church, I wasn't interested in fucking church at all. Like the current, his current church? Not his, not his church. Oh. But... His current church my, is current his current church. church. Yeah, so... He you guys both go to way. Allen Creek. Yes. We both, both go to Allen Creek. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That makes me so happy. I'm so going to protest there next Sunday. But listen, here's... <laughs> but listen, Benjamin, here's my story. Mm. So mm. I was pretty much... <laughs> I was pretty much borderline yeah. atheist. Yeah, yeah. When I met uh, yeah. Dan Hayes, and he's one of the pastors there, and, Dan. and Rick Thiessen. Dan and Rick Thiessen, they're brothers or something. No, Dan Hazen. He's a he's oh, Dan Hazen, Rick Thiessen. Yeah. Dan Hazen and Rick Thiessen. Yeah. Good. And so, I was. Have you been in touch with them on email? I would have emailed them for sure. Yeah. yeah. They're on my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick's, Rick's not even back yet, though, is he? No, he's still on vacation. Yeah. Or something like that. So uh, I'm hanging out with him on Thursday. 
All right. You are? Yeah, that's good. So we're asking tough questions. And that's one thing that's cool is these guys aren't as afraid of tough questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I went in there, here, yeah. here's, this was my attitude towards both Rick and Dan. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason why I was in their office was because I had shitty insurance. Mm -hmm. no, no, nothing that covered anything mental health. Mm -hmm. And my mom was going to this church, and mm -hmm. she said, well, this is a different kind of place, and these guys will listen to you. And I had issues with... Uh, so, so I've been an addict most of my life. Mm -hmm. A lot of what you said about you know the questioning, a lot of addicts will question mm -hmm. this, this higher power that, that everybody upstairs is talking about. So they just put us in the basement. Right? And, we, and we do a group in the basement. And that is so much more life-giving than what's going is it, on upstairs. Is it a 12-step group? Not necessarily. No, right. no, no. I, I, I did 12-step. Mm -hmm. I was forced into it by the state of Washington when I was mm -hmm. a kid. Mm -hmm. um, or jail. So I did 12-step for a while. And I did get a little bit into 12-step when I was a, a meth and crack cocaine addict. And then somewhere along the line, I found the right Christian God that saved me from all my chemical romances. But I was a, I was a, a porn addict, mm -hmm. like compulsive pornography use, mm -hmm. which led to me seeing prostitutes mm -hmm. while I was married. Mm -hmm. So really risky sexual behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and at this point, very close to suicide, mm -hmm. these guys welcomed me in and, and were willing to, to talk to me. And Alan Creek Community Church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dan and Rick. Mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily the church as an organization. Yeah, like, I, I, I would call the individuals yeah. outside of that the thing that is yeah. Alan Creek is a thing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Metallica made that movie, Some Kind of Monster, right? And they were talking about the band. Like, I think that everyone has that. But anyway... Going back to, to my story with those guys, they were the first church people to listen to me. Because I'd also talked to other church people, too, that just didn't know what to do. Oh, read your Bible. Here's some counselors you need to see. Go pray and read the Psalms or something like that. Mm -hmm. These guys actually listened. Mm -hmm. And even when I came in with Rick with a Bible and going, let me tell you how this thing is full of fairy tales and lies. Mm -hmm. They would listen mm -hmm. and spend that time with me. Mm -hmm. And eventually... Um, I started seeing a counselor, and, and things got better. But those guys interrupted me. That's what that, that mm. episode I shared with you about of, of Dan. Um, I'm full of swear words, like every other word is fucking mm. shit. Mm. And then Dan drops the f bomb, and I'm like, oh wow, like we can talk like normal <laughs> human beings yeah, yeah. here, you know? So there was that. But these were the these were the only guys at that point that I really let my guard down mm. and let someone else behind the counter mm. in my life. Um, Dan was probably the first person I ever told, uh, besides a, 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 a therapist, that I had been sexually abused when I was a kid. Mm. So I was pretty brutally sexually abused when I was nine years old. Mm. I never told anyone that until I was 38 years old. Mm. And that had to do with some of the meetings with these guys in those, that room that were willing to listen to me. Mm. And when I dealt with that shit... Right, like because all the twelve-step people will tell you to, you know, stay away from the alcohol because it's the devil. Right? Mm -hmm. um, no, it was a coping mechanism. Mm. And once I was able to yeah. start talking about my abuse in a way that wasn't shame-filled, mm. what didn't have me hiding and running for, mm. you know, and those guys started the ball rolling on mm. that. So where I'm invested in with those guys is is that I think that really in their heart. Mm -hmm. They would call bullshit on some of this stuff too. Rick would say, "I'm I'm over 1,100 miles from the leadership of this organization. That they're, you know, like I have n relatively no say in what 
they do as a, as the leadership. That's yeah, that's a cop out. Yeah. So what would you say? Because I, this is where I'm at. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's really tough for me to. I haven't been to church in a month now, because part of me is like, you know, I, I do I do another podcast on the topic of, of sexual addiction, sexual mm. ethics, mm. Um, sexual integrity. I like the mm. word integrity. Mm. It just means that this is where you're at. Mm. Like I, I I respect gay people a lot more than. Some guy who's like in the dark doing shit that he's afraid to tell anyone about. Yeah. You know that's integrity to me. Mm. Uh, and, and so, as a guy, and I've just I've heard over the years story after story of just abusive spiritual or whatever you want to call it, mm. authoritarian bullshit. Mm. And so, uh, so I'm. Th- that's another reason I'm interested in, in in talking to you because I'm kind of in this place where I don't know, you know, I don't know where these guys are gonna. Are they going to toe the line? Or are they going to follow their hearts? Or are they going to care about people more than the institution? So that's kind of where we're at. I don't know what, how it's going to play out. But, hmm. but yeah, so that's my story with these guys. These aren't regular church folk, as far as I'm concerned. Dan was also a, a meth addict. Dan was also a, a sexual abuse survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was one of the guys that, hey, you know, we can talk about this and not be... Yeah. The thing, the one, so there's a couple of reasons, and that, this is something that I constantly struggle with, like, why the hell do I go? <laughs> right. Nostalgic. Yes, that's yeah. one. So, yeah. So you ask yourself the same question. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we're, uh, yeah, that comes up a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot. Uh, and there's a couple of reasons. One is it bugs the fuck out of me. And, but it bugs the fuck out of me in a way that takes me in really good places. Because I go, I don't like that, and I don't agree with that, but why not? So, so I enjoy sermons where I'm just like, like sometimes like my hands are twitching because mm. because it's just painful. But it <laughs> takes me to wonderful places mm. uh, from an introspective position, mm. and that might be like fifty percent of the reason I go is because it really fucking bugs me. Mm. Um, and and I want when it when you say it takes you to good places. What what does that mean? Because I have to figure out why that bugs me so much. Yeah, delicious. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 it's not good enough to say I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you have to go somewhere. You can't you yeah. can't just be a yum yucker. So that's a that's a thing you're talking about. Yeah, don't yuck my yum. Yeah. So don't yuck. Because yeah. it's really easy to, to yuck someone's yum. And it's lazy. Yeah. Cynicism. And I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's right. true. Yeah. I don't have any idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was this guy that shared this YouTube video. Yeah. And it was it's about the guy like, who started kids. BuzzFeed. So, but, yeah, yeah. But he, he, he started this, he had this blog, but he's talking about like there's this compulsion in our society to not let people enjoy things that they like. And and it's like, like, <laughs> so like true. say my teenager girl was really into Justin Bieber, and she really, really genuinely enjoyed it. Why do I have this compulsion inside of here to go up and tell her how shitty that is? Right. Why is that such a disgusting human? Maybe yuck your yum. Because I have teenage girls, I'm like down with them liking that. Right, and that's what I mean. No, but I just I don't want them to fucking play it around me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, go put your earphones in. It's great. Like, I just don't so have just, to play that shit in the house. You're just libertarian <laughs> about it. Yeah. yeah. But, but there's a whole... I mean, what? 80% of the internet is dedicated <laughs> to shitting on things people like. <laughs> right. Like, that's just yeah. a huge... Did part. I do that to you just now? 
Um, when I was like, why the fuck are you nostalgic about this bullshit? Did I yum your yuck your yum or whatever the fuck it is? Uh, maybe. Okay. But that's interesting. But that's that's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, but we're we're but willing no, to go and because, dive into the question because you're genuinely interested. Yeah. And you you and you're you, not doing it to shit on him. You're doing it because you're genuinely yeah, interested. Yeah. Because there's something that feels good about you know about putting somebody else down, right? It's that same feeling of. Uh, that's one way to elevate yourself is to put somebody else around you down. I just have such a different experience of that because I've moved to Australia. Mm. Yeah. I lived there for eight years. They have that interesting culture. They have the same and culture as where I grew up. Yeah. Like the way that us, one of the ways that Australians express like love and like for each other is to mock and belittle yeah. each other. It's the tall nail gets a hammer. So, mm. so I actually like yeah. So if like you know my friend at work is like God you look fat today you know like <laughs> I'm right like I'm like yeah well you look stupid you know I, and yeah. you know what I mean like I could lose weight <laughs> and that like like all human interaction has a has a beautiful side and a really dark side yeah yeah it has yeah. both of those um, because that can especially for children that can go in really awful places where people where they really develop complexes because uh, they have to learn that culture right and usually they learn that culture by being beat into. Um, that's what happened to me. So I grew up in North Idaho. It's the exact same thing. That's how things work. Is you figure out that that's a way of people showing affection for you by being beaten up for six or seven years. To yeah, to and no, nobody ever communicates like, oh, I'm doing this because I like you. Like that is an unspoken rule that you have to figure out over time. <laughs> um, and it's not always because sometimes it's genuine. And that's where the game really gets ugly. Is sometimes they're actually shitting on you, yeah. but they're playing it off like they're not. Uh, and uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, if you want to. Here's a question for you. So which is worse? Is it worse to have that like person just like shitting on you and pretending like they're not, or is it worse for some a group of fucking Christian pastors to stand on a stage and pretend to be Christian and say, oh yeah, we really care about the victims and we do want the best for them and uh, and and simultaneously sort of call them all liars. <sighs> yeah. yeah. It all comes down to just basic human shit and brokenness yeah like like and that's there's not a worse to that there's just a there's just a different perspective have you been to one of Henderson's uh uh <coughs> practice groups I mean, have you ever talk about that I live in Australia so yeah right <laughs> yeah, I mean, while you're here I don't know I'd love to I don't know if he's ready one while I'm here hopefully yeah. he'll tell me if he is yeah. that would be amazing I would love to show up at a three practice group with Rob Smith who <laughs> right, fucking makes my head explode, and I really like him at the same time. Like I don't yeah, know yeah. what the hell, like right? Yeah, he's yeah. one of those guys. But that's sort of the idea, and we in in some of his work um, was influential in what we're doing here as well. You know, that's so cool. Is Does to he know that? Did you tell him? Yeah, yeah. we had him on the show. <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, yeah, we kind of modeled some of this after what you're doing. So um, being unusually curious yeah. in your ideological opponent rather than 
just shitting on them or hammering them, which I think you're good at. Like you do a lot of picking at people to try and open them up because you 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 yeah. engage guys like Rob Smith as well. Yeah, because it's fascinating. Yeah, it is. Like here's this person who believes like very differently than me. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, what? What's up with that? <laughs> exactly. Where do you? How is it that you, you can be friendly and you believe these things that I seem to think are really, really super shitty? Mm-hmm. Like, right? Have like, you ever tried believing that? Was to experiment? What? Like, try to believe in like Trump's a great guy? Something no, I've never <laughs> tried that. I've never tried it. And I'm not interested in trying it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why? Like, what? Okay, so let's try on the belief that Trump's a great guy. Uh huh. Yeah. I'll do it if you'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here we go. Trump is a great guy. Should we start? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, willing, I'm happy to try it. Let's try it. I'm trying. I'm going to defend Trump now. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm there. Donald Trump. Okay, he. Look, he, I mean. Shit. <laughs> I really want to try this. I want, I'm going to go home and try. I don't think I can do it right now. It takes practice. Yeah. So that's the thing that I do. And it's something that I've always been very flexible in my beliefs. Yeah. So, and sometimes I have control over it. Sometimes I have no control over it. Sometimes I genuinely, some days I genuinely wake up an atheist. And I used to try and fight it. And now I'm just like, <laughs> like I'm an atheist today. What the fucking point of, of fighting this? I'm just going to, and and atheism is beautiful when you're really into it. Like, oh, it's just so... There's just such an amazing beauty in atheism. Uh, I go to Alan Watts a lot, and he has this this whole thing on death from an atheistic perspective that's just gorgeous. Uh, 70s, are you familiar with Alan Watts? I know the name and some headlines. But his, no. So he's like a philosopher. Stuff is, philosopher. His stuff is great. He's, he's one of the influential people that brought a lot of Eastern thought over to America okay. in the 70s. Um, oh, super okay. into Zen Buddhism and drank himself to death. What does that have to do with Trump? <laughs> so we're talking about flexible. Oh right, right, flexible. Okay, right, yeah. Um, and I can, I do have the option many times to just believe whatever I want to believe. Um, yeah, I have that option too. And so I like to challenge myself to believe things that. I don't want to believe in the moment. Uh, so it's kind of like... So what's an example? Like, I can believe that Trump is a good guy. All right. Tell us more. Um, well, there's... I'll start with the, <coughs> the funny reason that Trump is a good guy. Trump is one of the best presidents ever because he's taken a generation of people that didn't give a shit about politics and turned them into fanatics. Really? So, like, with 60% turnout in the 2016 election... Like, the lowest in ages, he's done that. Yeah, like, because now, like, talk to my millennial friends that didn't give a fuck about politics are zealots now. Like, <laughs> right. like that's all they want to talk about. That's all they it's not think necessarily about. Trump, They're right? activated. Yeah. They're doing things. They're learning things that they never would have ever learned had they not been so agitated. Um, so I don't believe it was the 60%. I believe it was the result of that 60% right. electing him. So now what he's done is he stirred up a, a section of the of the population that didn't care that didn't care before they couldn't yeah. imagine that felt disenfranchised that could you know it's going to be 50-50 split you know yeah. it's the old song uh, welcome the new or 
Same as the old boss. Some yes. of the new boss, same as the old boss. The yeah. who. The right. who. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's, all um, That's great. Anyways. Meet the uh, new boss, same as the old so boss. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Thank you. So that was the attitude my generation had. Uh, and I know lots of people that yeah had no interest in voting. Like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Like, sure, like there was a ton of cynicism in um, about your age and yeah. our generation of, like, Obama... So the same as any other president, and Clinton is just the same as as Trump. And how and bad could it be? How bad can it be? And meh. And has the mood changed? Why Why should I vote? And electoral college bullshit. Right. And, and do you think the mood has changed since Trump's come in? Maybe, but I live in Seattle. It's a fucking bubble. <laughs> That's true. It's yeah. kind of a bubble. That's right. I live. I, I mean, all. Most of my friends agree with me. I've got, I have, um, I have family members who are white evangelicals and part of the, what, 81% of white evangelicals who approve of Trump and voted for him and still approve of him. I think Trump is also, I think Trump is beautiful because he's the He's an icon of the worst parts of America. Like, all the worst parts of America from a foreign perspective or what we're stereotyped for are rolled up into one tight little package in Trump. And he waves it in our face and forces us to to deal with that. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. this is what's been hiding for a long time. The, the, the cover of Time magazine this week is Welcome to America. It's got Trump's face. It's got the uh, immigrant child's face. And she's crying and he's... Scolding and this is this is us, right? And so, I don't give a fuck if you agree or not. That's not the point of the of the argument. The point is, can you get yourself to a point where you could believe just for a second, and what does that do for you? I mean, I can I can maybe believe that it is because of this this person and his vulgarity that um, that. People are interested in politics. I can I can believe in that, but I can't really make myself believe that that's a positive good. Why not? Mm, that is a good question. That's what we do. <laughs> we, yeah, you're, you're you're good. See, that's Danielle. That's kind of what we do. Sure. Yeah. Just ask those questions. We value one really good question. In our view, is way better than. 10, yeah, I like to sit with that discomfort, and yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good with that. It's prob. I feel like for myself and the way that I process information, it probably doesn't lend itself very well to the podcast format because <laughs> no, a good question makes me want to sit and think. That's what makes us interesting, rather than rather than just yeah. bullshit some answer or something. So <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what everyone's doing. That's what we're punk. That's what makes us punk, right? It's like that's well, true. Yeah, the, like the, is everyone else is doing that. Everyone else has the answers. <laughs> We don't have the answers. Let's celebrate that. <laughs> That's well, we're a year into this, and we're just learning that it's okay to voice what you just voiced. And what, and then, then we'll take that further. Is why are you feeling what you're feeling? What is there? And that's one of the things that we ask. Wait. <laughs> what is there about Trump that pisses so many people off? But, but it's deeper than that. Yeah, it's way deeper. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a. I'm having a reaction and throughout the Trump, like just in general, like I'm having a reaction to this. My ego tells me to throw up the immune system, throw up the wall, and 
and find something that takes me away from that pain. That's a natural body response. But what if you just sit in that pain? What happens? Mm-hmm. And that's where I've personally found a ton of genuine healing in a place. And even to the point where I didn't even think, when we started this podcast, I thought healing was bullshit. Um, uh, yeah, fuck you. Listen to what, episode three? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I have a whole thing. I'm like, my healing's a, a giant pile of trash. Just fuck it. I'm going to sway forever, and that's the way it's going to yeah. be. But for me, uh, that yeah, asking, so you thought, sorry. No, go, go So you thought you were just going to like, be in pain forever. Yeah. And you were like comfortable with that. Uh huh. That's cool. That's <laughs> really cool. And, and from a certain perspective, that is true. Okay. But from another per- per- and from another perspective, that's not true at all. What does that mean? Um, like there's not going to be an uh, end end to the supply of pain. Yeah. Um, and and so the yeah. So this came down to man. I wish I could find my. I should have pulled it up. I have a whole <laughs> analogy uh, of about about shit being in your house. So, we talked about shit management. Right. Yeah. Rather than healing, like right. a lot of people want to... We can remove that pain from you. Like, that's kind of the... Oh, I gotcha. The sort of... So, the analogy was that your house is full of just shit everywhere. It's a total mess. Like a and so Literal but, shit. Yes. But what we can't do is come in and take that shit away. What we can do is come in and teach you how to organize it, how to use it, how to make it useful... How to put it places where they're not just you know where the shit doesn't live on the stove, right? You can take the shit and you can put it. You can put it in a closet. You can put it in a place where you can access it more regularly. You can organize it, but it's not gonna just disappear. Mm-hmm. It's gonna probably. Well, what about stay. put it in the garden and grow tomatoes? Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> but you still got to go outside. Yeah. And the shit's still you might there. Have to get your hands dirty. Right. In order to plant. You your still got to touch the shit. You still got to. Yeah, so it, you learn how to make it useful. Yeah. But is that healing? And Chuck like sits here and he's like, fuck that type of healing. I want it to be gone. I want the shit out of the fucking house. Like, like that's what I was sold by the church. That's what I want. Is I don't want this I don't want to even think about this pain anymore. I want it out of here. And that doesn't really happen. But it does. <laughs> but it does, but it doesn't. Because because it turns into a relative thing. Because if you look at relative to where I used to be, mm. my pain is like, oh my god, like it's it's beautiful how much better this is. <laughs> but compared to it not existing anymore, like so it's yeah. glass half full, glass half empty perspective yeah. issue when it comes to your own hit shit. And what when you use the word healing, which of those definitions do you lean on? Sure. Yeah. Hmm. And so maybe maybe is that maybe what you're reeling against too? That's a good question. Is this this idea that's in the church kind of like your your trigger to Derek emotionally was sort of in that realm, right? Like yeah. these people have been telling you that they're healers, yeah, and they didn't do fucking anything. Yeah, have, did you feel like that at a certain point? I mean, like, why did I transition out of Christianity, right? Yeah, yeah, because it did seem like the claims were too large. Mm-hmm. You know, oversell under deliver. Yeah, not. I mean, not. I mean, not even just like fuck the whole like Willow Creek Evangelical American Christianity, right? Like, which is in a whole other thing. But like, actually, the actual sort of claims of yeah, like historical Christianity, right? Like, 
like Jesus is God and like kingdom of God and all that stuff. Yeah. Like you've had like 2,000 years and I mean like probably like arguably things are significantly better and you can like get some credit for some of that stuff maybe. One of the things... But no, like I... Like the deal was like miracles and like right. you know, like yeah. shit's gonna be better or something and like it's, no, it's not really sh- that much better. It's like still pretty shitty. They're like what like eighty thousand extra nuclear warheads and right. like a billion people living on a dollar a day and like like I mean it's not really that great and but you're claiming like this guy was God and you like miracles and all this shit and you haven't solved cancer and I mean like I I don't know just like yeah like the claims seem really big yep. So that's like, where Jesus, like, where Matthew twenty three for me is probably my favorite chapter of the yeah. Bible, where Jesus is just going off on that whole idea of, you know, he calls he calls the religious elites. I mean, these are the people running the church at the time. Like, you say that shit, they're going to kill you. He's like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he calls them whitewashed tombs, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. He 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 says he, he says you're willing to. Uh, you know, you're willing to wear all this stuff and have all this pageantry, but you're not willing to lift a finger to help someone else. Um, and it, I mean, it's just a—it's the whole chapter is a rant on that kind of self-righteous, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. shitty religion. Yeah. And people, but I think that's where it goes into consciousness. Um, Peter Rollins shares this really cool story about about the about the blind man, how Jesus comes in and and heals the blind man in 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 yeah. the Bible, right? Yeah. And the Pharisees are like. You know, so, so he he tells it a different way. He, he wrote a, a book called um, "It's a bunch of little stories, parables, really." Um, oh, what was the name? The Orthodox Heretic and other um, impossible something. Exactly. Right? Yeah, but he shares the story of the of the blind man who's who comes into the Pharisees and he's like, I, I, you know, I can see now, and they're like. What? Like you? We just walked you fucking in here, dude. Like you, you were tripping over the thing. Like you can't see. Mm-hmm. But he's. But they sit him down. He sits there and he says, "No, I met Christ. I, I've got this relationship. Yeah. I understand what Christ was saying. Yeah. And now I see. Yeah. Yet they're they're saying, you know, so they're they're looking at it like you were saying with the healing." Analogy, like, well, you, you can't see. You're stupid because you're still blind. Does that make sense? So the, the metaphor mm-hmm. of seeing is a lot different than actually being healed of the thing, the cancer or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what that's what Jesus is for me, and that's why I'm still a Christian. Is that I'm I'm willing to embrace. Like, I like the idea of a God that would come down here. There's an old punk song by Social Distortion called Down Here with the Rest of Us. Mm-hmm. It's not a Christian song, but it's really beautiful to me mm-hmm. because that's that's life. Like, you're going to get old. You're going to bury your family members. Mm-hmm. You're going to suffer. Yeah. We're all going to suffer. Yeah. There's no escape from that. I think mm-hmm. there's something beautiful in that. And there's and that's, to me, that's that's the cross. Like, God doesn't annihilate everyone. He just dies. So the, <laughs> one of the questions that comes up in here, and Jim actually brought it up, which and it's come up a couple of times, is, is Jesus my imaginary friend and does not matter? Is Jesus my imaginary friend? Rob Bell cut a bunch of shit from right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And does not matter? I don't think so because it's still helpful. I would rather it not matter. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, like... Whoa! 
Well, one of the things that I'm weaving through is what is Jesus and what is the church? And how much of what I believe about Jesus is based upon the church's interpretation of who Jesus is? Because if we go back, go for it, throw it. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I just have to, oh, right, so you guys have to be careful because my uh, No, because my wife, who I love dearly and have been married to for 17 years and who is the only person I've ever had sex with, um is a Christian and so and she said to me, you know, I want, I want you to respect my religion and you know, so I, and I honor that. So I, I love her. So I, I try to like temper what I say, <laughs> you know, because I, well, see that's yeah. that's where I am from this yeah. group for the yeah. is I I value that input. So yeah, so I temper it. You know what so, what did I what I said? Triggered no, you something. said that like you're talking. Christians talk about Jesus as if he's like a person now, mm-hmm. and that's just always. Like you're talking about Jesus and the church. That's you were talking about Jesus and the church. Jesus and the church in the like in the now, right now, mm-hmm. in Seattle in 2018. And I just I don't, like to me, Jesus is like this historical guy who like died 2,000 years ago, and it's like really hard to wrap your head around anything he thought or said because it was like like I can't even figure out what the fuck Daniel's trying to say to me. You know? like, <laughs> right? like and he like speaks the same language from the same country, right? And he's like some some fucking other country, like 2,000 like some other time frame. So that's what Jesus is to me. Is there a way to meet someone halfway and just say the way that we're talking about it would be like us having a corporate imaginary best friend? Yeah, totally. But it just seems really strange to me. Like, uh huh. Yeah. So, which so. is cool. Rock on. Yeah. But then you're also talking about the church, and I'm like, I get that. I know about the church. It's like this bullshit thing. So, <laughs> you know, like, I can totally talk about the church. Let's do that. Rock, that's like a real thing. That seems totally real to me. Gotcha. Like, right, right, right. Like, gotcha. yeah. So then I, I'm having a hard time with that. Yep. I juxtaposition I, of those I, two yeah. things, and also I don't know how you like. Like, there's also this attempt to like separate Jesus from the church, right. and that I'm like, okay. So now this is like some third thing. Like, you're not talking about like I don't even know how you do that. Like, well, there's a lot of Christians that don't go to church, right? I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm starting to think that that's maybe more of a. No, but it's just like, how do you separate Jesus? Like, can you separate Jesus from the church? What does that even mean? So he's like, there's this historical Jesus, and then there's this, like, imaginary friend. But, right, when, like, he's the imaginary friend of all these people. Like, you know, who are those people? Those are the church. So, I don't know. It's an ambiguity problem. Yeah. Because it, the church means about three or four different things. That word. The yeah. church. Yeah. Uh, and, which is what pastors like to use. Because... You know the ambiguity fallacy, right? Mm. Where it's a it's a it's a logical fallacy to help people win arguments, but not have to use logic. Yeah. Uh, so the ambiguity fallacy is where you take a word that has multiple meanings and you constantly subtly shift the way yeah. you're using that word until you manipulate somebody into agreeing with you uh, by 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 using multiple definitions of the same word, mm. yeah. and that happens all the time in. American churches is the pastors will slowly use one word and then through the course of conversation 
morph the definition mm-hmm. so that all of a sudden you agree with the alternate definition? I mean, there's mm-hmm. fundamentally like the way that they use the word love. Mm-hmm. We we love our our LGBT neighbors, and by by which we mean we don't accept who they are, and we would like them to change fundamentally <laughs> yeah, yeah. who they are. That's how we love them, right? This like is, this which is, is not love, love by any normal definition. A very easy one to do because love has so many definitions. Yeah. So and in English language, it's pretty fucked up. I love burritos. I love my wife. Like that's <laughs> it's not the same. I put it in the context of affection. Like let's talk about affection because I think love is something else. Love is something deep, maybe even spiritual. I could say. But but affection. Like I had a friend who kept telling me, oh, you know, we're just falling out of love. You know, my wife and I. And I go, what if you're falling out of affection? Like, I'm going to call bullshit on that. I don't think people fall out of love. People fall out of affection. Because affection is something else. Yeah. Affection needs to be That's a whole, that's a whole different conversation. That's, that's a whole other podcast right there, isn't it? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we go on rabbit trails. <laughs> was that a rabbit trail? Yeah. Well, it was going, I was responding to love. Like, my definition of love, like you're saying, with a lot of church folks or religious folks, is not the same as theirs. And the more we talk about it or have conversations get deep into it, there's a fear there. There's a fear that if I have affection for my gay neighbor and actually invite him over for dinner, like what will these other people think of me? Or Mm -hmm. maybe I have some kind of, you know, homoerotic thing going on, right? Like there's that fear or my kids will catch it. Like they think it's, that's why I I always tell this one pastor uh, on (laughs) Facebook. It's another group I got kicked out of. (laughs) I tell this guy, I said, you guys treat homosexuality like it's modern day leprosy. And you don't want them near you because you're afraid your kids are going to catch it. Well, and the Isn't interesting that really the thing idea? is, is yeah. like going back to the first century Christians, and they went into the leper colonies as yeah, opposed exactly. to going out. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what I was. That's why. Why? What I was trying to lead this guy into that. Just the consciousness of how he's defining love when he says, "Oh yeah, we love them." Mm-hmm. Or they dr- or they track bomb like the the ghetto, right? They would never, <laughs> they would never go in there. They'll load up tracks and put them on people's door because they're they're serving the Lord that way. I think you should call the pom- podcast like this episode. Track bomb the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> no, Benjamin Wheeler um, protests our church. <laughs> I think that's like <laughs> Meet the guy who's protesting at our church this Sunday. You should print out that's tracks. That's awesome. I should. Yeah, yeah, we should track get, bomb our church. Can we get this up for Sunday? What? Yeah, we should. Because I go there this Sunday. You go to Allen as well. I go on Saturday nights. What the fuck is up with you? Just like Allen. <laughs> you're just like Allen Creek fucking podcast. You guys. You guys are up. you're <laughs> awesome. You're so hard. That's what like Arthur would say. That's what Arthur would say. Yeah. There's two guys <laughs> not here that would say that. <laughs> yeah. You guys the fun of them. That's yeah. okay. I'm gonna take you to the next Loveland protest. I'm saying Oscar. I'm gonna be like Rashad told me. I Actually, Arthur would probably get that. Yeah. I think Arthur, Arthur would join you. He'd show up. You and Arthur. Would <laughs> yeah, you and Arthur, Arthur would get along. Please put me on the Arthur. Yeah. It's can I just say it's so much easier protesting at a church, which I have a vast, you know, some extensive experience of. Uh, it like just having two people there is so much easier than having one person there. It's mm-hmm. so much like it's so much easier. Yeah. I mean, I'm good with one. Like, bring it on. But but it's easier. While we're two or more president. <laughs> <laughs> Spaghetti monsters there in the midst of them. You know how we do it. Ramen, right? Like, 
shit. I've thought of protesting. Um, there was a guy, the drunk ex-pastor's guy, who set up a, a thing, and he was like, <laughs> arguing with people. I always just want to set up a desk in front of I a know, Catholic church and say, and just have a big sign right out in the front of it that says, you're financially supporting the largest organization of protected pedophiles in the world. Come change my mind. And <laughs> <laughs> just sit there with a cup of coffee and just wait for people and see if they would actually... I have a proposal for you. I will not protest Allen Creek Church. Well, I don't care. You. If, you'll come, if, you want, you no, come do, if you'll come do that with me at the Roman Catholic Cathedral this Sunday in Seattle. This Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. This Sunday I'm going to be in Oregon. Well, I guess actually. I'm going to be at Allen Creek Church. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm going to be in Oregon. My wife and I are going... Uh, some friends of ours are getting married, so we're going to be in Oregon. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, well, Oregon. but I, I totally would. Yeah, man. I'll be back in Australia. So. I want to set up a camera, put it on YouTube. <laughs> like I want there. Yeah, that's that's a big one for me. Is is protecting kids? Organized criminal racket to protect the so, sexual oh, predators of children. Yeah, yes. yeah, and they're they're aiding and abetting mm-hmm. today. They're aiding and abetting pedophiles. Still, so you would love this. Uh, so in in Melbourne. Uh-huh. Uh, we had the Royal Commission, the Australian Royal Commission in, in, into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse. Uh-huh. World First has changed the whole global conversation. God bless Julia Gillard, my right. former Prime Minister. Um, FSM bless her. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and, sh- and so since that all went down, the final report came out last year, uh, there's been this discussion around, uh, so in Victoria, my home state, all adults are legally required to report, uh, if they hear about it or learn about it, uh, current child sexual abuse. Right. And if they fail to, if they learn about it and fail to report it, uh, they can be held criminally responsible, mm. which is totally fucking awesome. And yeah. except there are a couple of, like loopholes, right? So like if you're a lawyer... And it's like your client, you don't mm. have to report them. Right. And if you're a Roman Catholic priest mm. and you're in the confession, you don't have to report them. So one of the recommendations of the Royal Commission was, well, we should remove that other that loophole about priests. Like if somebody confesses to a priest, they should like have to be legally required to report them. And if they don't, they should be held criminally liable. And Archbishop Dennis Hart in Melbourne, uh, he was like, oh, that's outrageous, you know, like, we would never do that, the sanctity, like, the sanctity of the confessional, blah, 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 bullshit, right? <laughs> and that pissed me off really hard. So, <laughs> so in, so the Roman Catholic Cathedral in Melbourne, I went down there for about four weeks in a row back in earlier this year, and I stood, it was so fun, actually, I stood outside uh, the main gate there, the massive cathedral, and held my sign, like, and then, like, they do this uh, processional thing, Mm-hmm. So here comes the Archbishop and all the altar boys and everything, like like 40 of them, and with the smoky thing, the censor thing. Yeah. Like, they walk through the courtyard of the church. Bells and smells. And into the church. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I found out that he did that every week at 11. So I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went down there and I had my son, and as he was coming through for about like 20, 30 seconds, I shouted at him. Right. Archbishop Hart, like, protect the children. What are you thinking? You know? Right. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> like, what the fuck's happening to me? You know, he's like 70 years old. You know? right. I mean, but yeah, yeah, so that was kind of... Well, just Was it just you? Just me. Wow. Yeah, standing there shouting at the Roman Catholic Archbishop. Mm. 
That's yeah. awesome. Right? How good yeah. is that? Yeah. yeah. One one Sunday, one lady showed up with me, a brilliant lady in Australia named Barbara Roberts, who has been advocating about this stuff for ages and ages. She came down with me one Sunday, so that was really cool. I uh, interviewed a guy, uh, one of the guys who started the organization, uh, the abuse uh, survivors of, of Catholic Snap. priests. Snap. Snap. That's right. Uh, actually, the, the guy I interviewed was uh, in, like his character was played in the movie. Um, okay. Spotlight. Wow. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Wow, good for you. So, yeah. and, and that's, that's something they do too. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, why aren't more people, and he's... He, he would be an atheist too. Like he said, why, and part of the reason he's an atheist is more people aren't outraged. <laughs> like, what, what the hell, right? Yeah. Like, why do these people just go and are blind? And Yeah, and, they uh, show up. Like, all these relatively normal looking people yeah. show up at Roman Catholic church services. Yeah. Like, every week. And they sit there yeah. and give their money and their time. Right? It's like, what the fuck? Like, what, yeah, well, what, what are you people? But people are blind, man. That's yeah. the thing. It's, a, it's just, a, they're, they're so. It's like that line from The Matrix, right? Like yeah. they're they're so in the system that they can't even yeah. picture what it would be like to be out of it. Yeah. But it does take folks like yourself and to to get out there and, and shake people up and maybe wake people up. Yeah, I think right. a lot of it too is that they don't the fear of <laughs> what if what I've invested my life in isn't real. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Because if what you've invested your life in can't, if you're, if what you've invested your life in is a house of cards, yeah, and it can't withstand a wind, yeah, then it's not real. It's just a house of cards. Perfect. And I'd rather know now. Yeah, that's yes. Me. Thank you. Let's find out. But but. 85% of the population no. would not. No, they don't want to know that. No, yeah. no it's Fuck very. <laughs> I mean, yes, fuck them, but also, like, it's super uncomfortable to have your foundational beliefs challenged. Right, right. And and a lot of them... Sorry. I don't even... Stop apologizing! (laughs) (laughs) I feel terrible. Look, on an individual level, I don't want to say fuck them, right? Like, come talk to me. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. yeah, But in the aggregate, totally fuck them. (laughs) Yeah. No, I do. But that's... Yeah. Like, that's... One of the great crises of humanity is is the lack of ability of people to up their consciousness. Oh my uh, God! You just totally said up their consciousness. <laughs> 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 we should put that on a T-shirt. Right, there's a lot of words that trigger here. <laughs> I, I have to attend, you guys, the Global Leadership Summit. I'm attending it. Okay. After this massive protest that I'm still doing. Right. Um, That's going to be a trip. This pastor in Texas responded to me, and his response was so human and so engaging. I was literally blown away so hard by what he did and said. And then he was like, come attend the Global Leadership Summit with me in Texas. Wow. And I was like, well, you know, like I told him, you know, I can't really afford the airfare. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And then like he was like, three days later, he was like, I'll pay for the airfares. Wow. <laughs> Who is he? That's awesome. Kyle Henderson is his name. All right. So, so, so then, so now I'm attending this event, right? So now I'm like having to. So I'm looking at the speakers and trying to figure out their books, and it's all oh, such a crock of bullshit. <laughs> and they go around saying things like, "Up your consciousness." <laughs> I don't want to up my consciousness. I so it depends like, on what that means. Yeah, though. no. But I, how about I just like get up, go to work, come home, like, and do that for the rest of my life? Exactly. Can I just relax a little bit? Like, fuck. <laughs> 
So, so if you do that, then you're part of the 85%. No, I am fucking not part of Yeah, because that's what you want, is you want to be comfortable. You want to, to just do what you do and do what you've always done. And, and, and yeah, and, and stimulus, things that are different are disturbing and frustrating. And it's just easier to put my head down, do what I do, keep everything in motion. So this is your plug for the Global Leadership Summit right here. <laughs> this is, no, but it, but it is, like, what you don't see is that you're not doing that. You're not just going to work every day. Like, you have that thing in your heart that's pushing you to, to, to poke these guys, to poke a bear. Yeah, my and wife's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. the, we have this conversation all the time. Back to the Matrix conversation. Is it yeah. better to be Cypher? You're familiar with, with the Matrix? Is he the one who's like... He goes back. back. Yeah, let me back he's in. He's yeah. And he dies, right? He yes. Dies. Yeah. yeah, he's like... He's like Reality sucks. Yeah. Fuck reality. I want to go back in the Matrix. It was better. Like, and and is he wrong? <laughs> kind of not. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like from one perspective, yes. But from another, like, especially like when you're in your shit and you're dealing with your shit and you're miserable. Yeah. It's like, fuck this. I want to be. Some guy attempts to buy you a plane ticket. Yeah. <laughs> it's certainly like arguably better than. Let's go down the rabbit hole, baby. I know. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's the other, like, like so Cypher was all given the option, like, there's no other team to join once you exit the Matrix, right? Like, the only team is stuck. fighting the robots or whatever. You're stuck with whatever your body is. Right, <laughs> right which is yeah. very much also a, sa a similar, like, we talk about this here, like, when you start dealing with your shit, there's nowhere to escape to. Like, you're, yeah. like, once you start opening that Pandora's box, like, it's, you can't go back, you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube yeah. and, uh, and and is it better to just never have opened it <laughs> sometimes it sure fucking feels, it feels that way. Like it. yeah yeah sometimes it's right. really, so would it have been better for you to be back on the boat before you got kicked off before you when you still believed than where you are fighting god no yeah I was fucking miserable and now I'm like relatively quite happy <laughs> and also more loving and more useful right yeah right yeah exactly and I was an asshole yeah. I'm still an asshole occasionally as it turns out so. aren't we all yeah yes welcome to punk theology <laughs> <laughs> yeah Benjamin this has been this has been awesome um is there anything else you, you wanted to add or plug something cl closing thoughts plug something yeah plug something yeah plug something yeah <laughs> sure what? Go watch. Benjamin will be protesting at Allen Creek Community <laughs> Join me at Allen Creek Community Church this Sunday morning for all three services. Only one. This up, only one service. Mm, yeah, ten. summer. 10 a.m. Allen Creek Community Church, Marysville. I will be there with the sign begging them to cancel hosting the GLS. And I would love you to join me. And even if you don't agree with me, join me. Let's have a conversation. There you go. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This Sunday, the, what is that, the 7th? Oh, the 7th. The 7th.
You're listening to a cover of Tom Waits, Come On Up To The House, by The Devil Makes Three, from Austin, Texas. That's a huge bitch! Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe. To hear the bumper music we play on the show, search Punk Theology. Then, follow the playlist on Spotify. Wanna join us in being a punk theologist? Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't kick it out! Come on up to the house. Come on up to the house. The world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. This is Punk Theology, the podcast, punktheology.com.